The Say Something Podcast is brought to you by AmomentWithMorris.com and BlackBlueprints.com. That's BlackBlueprints with a Z dot com. I am Jermaine Morris here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axius. Yes, sir. We are here bringing you the Say Something Podcast. Say something, say something, say something. Where we get together and talk about everything going on out here in the traffic, everything in this crazy world. In these streets. In these dangerous streets that we feel that everybody needs to say something about. Yeah, <laughs> say something. Coming at you with episode 24. Man, we getting up there. We getting up there. 24, continue to like, listen, and share this world, baby. That's right. Hitting you with that 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 Kobe, that Black Mamba joint, that Marshawn Lynch, that beast mode. But before we get anything too deep in the show, got to start off with something. Give me a little beat. Give me a little beat, Barry. There we go. Same time. Come on. There we go. Got to feel it. Got to feel it. Mm-hmm. Gotta feel it, gotta feel it. Oh, Happy birthday oh, to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Mr. Barry. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would have rather had uh, Rihanna sing it, but hey. Hey, 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 hey. You know, my guy. <laughs> another day, another year. Gotta so, acknowledge your born day. I appreciate that. Shouts out to all the people that was uh, giving me texts and sending me messages and sending me love. Everybody was actually surprised it was my birthday. Yeah, well, didn't think you have any? Uh, well, probably because you know I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't celebrate shit. So I was real low key. I don't I don't make a big deal out of out of that stuff. You know I don't even though it's an important day. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, important day. But I was I'm usually out of state, out of town, whatever. I was kind of low key and I just didn't didn't bring it up. Okay. And so people were like, "Is your birthday?" Because I'm always hooping and hollering about something. So they figured there'd be big banners and yeah, parade. Yeah, and, 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 and they probably thought I was going to have a turn up to end all turn ups. But when I'm prepared and when I'm ready to do that, I'll do that. But this year, I had just got back from back-to-back graduation. San Diego one week. Um, L.A. the next week. And then you think about all the stuff that we've been doing throughout the community. I was just like, yo. My birthday fell on Memorial Day, dog. Yeah. Don't worry. We'll have a big party for mine in December. Uh, it'll be I, a big four. I'm just uh, saying. Uh, we'll be partying in December. But, but I mean, how the heck did my birthday go from not being on Memorial Day to being on Memorial last, Day? Last Monday of May. So that's what Memorial Day is? Mm-hmm. Recognized on the last Monday of May. Wow. Learn something new every day. Yeah. So it's a uh, little sidebar, a little history. The Memorial Day that we celebrate now is uh the offshoot of I think it was like uh decorations day mm-hmm. which came after the civil war for the uh union and confederate soldiers okay but was originally birthed by black soldiers of course well now for some folks who don't know in 1865 in south carolina after uh after the war there was i believe it's 257 soldiers who fought who didn't die of you know bullets you know musket hits? They died of exposure and disease. And after the war had been fought, and they did their their job for the nation, when they passed away, all their bodies were just grouped together and put in one mass grave. Wow! So after they had died, just in this big big hole, uh, the other black soldiers and citizens came to this place in South Carolina, Charleston, to actually get, have a memorial for these soldiers because the U.S. government was just like, whatever. So the, the soldier, the, the, the team they fought for and ultimately died for 
disregarded. They were treated poorly in life and disrespected in death. Yeah. But the basis of that day came from black people who were like, we just ain't letting them go out like that. And then the cold part, it's now taken and it's been glamorized. Yeah. You know, it's now being used. We don't talk about the black soldiers. And if you disrespect this day, many people will be upset because of the whole flag and our yeah. country and people fought. But the funny thing about our country is as many black folks fought for this freedom, yeah. they continue to be oppressed. Right. And they continued to be looked at as animals, not human. And so it, it, it tickles me when you know the backstory on a lot yeah. of these holidays. And that's literally, the reason why. Literally why the day they celebrate. fought and died for this country. Literally that day. It's not like it was something that came down no. later. And, well, you know, generations to come or politics or whatever. The day they died fighting for this nation, wow. they were disregarded and discarded into a hole. Disrespected. And what people equate Memorial Day to is uh the the acknowledgement of the uh the unnamed soldier out there in, in Arlington uh they even acknowledge where uh decorations day where they started in 1868 mm-hmm. kind of when white folks started doing it then that's when they started paying attention yeah they didn't care when we did it for our people but they they i guess realized hey that's probably a good idea <laughs> to to acknowledge the fallen soldiers and then it became a national holiday years later but I mean that that's just kind of how that's just kind of how the, the game goes. Well, that's just how America rolls. Yeah. Period. Yeah, I mean, yeah. America rolls with not giving you all the information, and the America rolls on perception. people's backs and the perception that this is for all the people, and we created this out of the kindness of our hearts. But in reality, they had no idea of doing anything for the soldiers that unfortunately protect. And go against lies and propaganda when you think that you're fighting for freedom is a whole bit of something else. Well, now you have a situation when you break down the information about Memorial Day. You really want to celebrate it for the ancestors. But then at the same time, you're like, come on, man. Here we go again. That's why I just don't subscribe to any of this shit. Because I just know all this shit is fuckery at its finest. Everything is about narrative. It's about perception. And there's a word that's gotten a lot of play. About the last 20, 25 years, it's just called spin. Mm. And spin is when you just take something and, and really you just spin it. At its root, there's something there. Like the actual basis of what you're talking about. But that ain't the way it's presented. You know, you could sit there and say, you know, kids will do that stuff. Where did you do? I came home from school. I went home. Now, true. They left school and came home, but they didn't tell you about how they stopped off at the arcade. They went to their buddy's house and how they did that. Dudes, we'll do that all the time. What'd you do? I was at work. Yeah, we'll tell you that we went to work, but we didn't say we ran by Tina's house, stopped off at the bar, did this, whatever, whatever, before we came home. Like We just put some spin on that story. You know, if the truth don't fit, omit and just leave stuff out. And and that's where we at as a society now, you know, spin is so common. And we we go as far as we're so accustomed to it that we say stuff like perception is reality. Yeah. Like we are so used to being lied to. I and, say that that's one of my favorite lines. Yeah, that we're so used to something being presented in a way that is not truthful that we've adapted it as being reality and something that's that that's honest and coming from a real place. Yeah. 
you know, and, and you know, we talk about perception. We'll keep it on Memorial Day. You know, brother who's been staying in the papers. You know, brother Colin. My brother can't get out. Brother Colin Kaepernick. He just recently met with the Seattle Seahawks. We'll see how that plans out. Plays out. Hopefully, it works out for him. Uh, but it was addressed about him potentially going to the New York Giants, uh-huh. where to be backup for Eli, because yeah. Eli's in, in in the second half of his career. You know, it'd be good to have a little backup dude just in case. And the the, the folks over at, at the New York Football Giants were saying they didn't want to mess with Colin Kaepernick because the perception of him and and what that would do to their fan base and what that would do to their brand and their business was not a way they wanted to be perceived. They didn't want to be perceived as an organization that catered to, coddled to, or supported somebody who was disrespectful to the flag, the perception of Colin Kaepernick. Uh, and so they're saying that this ain't a good look. We don't want that type of stink on us. It's not good for our fan base. We don't want that in our organization. The perception being that they on the up and up, that they that they stay above board, that they care about their morals yeah. and that they care about, you know, doing the right thing. The same organization. The same. That's got a kicker on their team. <laughs> or was on their team. Uh well they get he got an extension uh April, a couple months ago. But he, they cut him finally though. They didn't keep him. We got well he got paid in April. Well, yeah, he got so, paid, but I think the backlash was like, no, we gotta Got part ways. Yeah. So the issue was he made this this statement about Colin in January. I guess was the, was to the the, the accord of saying, "Well, now we don't want nobody like that." And then turn around because they had a player on their team who got caught up in domestic violence. Uh, Josh Brown. Josh Brown, the kicker, and he was uh, not even just arrested of or accused of, but admitted to. Yeah. To, to multiple be, times to beating his wife on the regular. Yeah. Uh, the league was made aware of it. The team was made aware of he it. He only got suspended for like. A few days. Yeah, the, the, they, they didn't care until the story got out. Of course, like, like it always is. They were knowledgeable for quite some time. In any event, the same organization who didn't want Colin Kaepernick because they said it's not a good look and they don't want that perception of you know what they're down for were completely okay with re-signing. Because after the story came out with Josh Brown, after the incident, he was given as an extension. So they paid him it was like a two-year, $4 million contract, something like that, after he, he had admitted to beating his wife, reportedly. So that's just kind of an example of how people... You know, this perception of what we have going on about how we like to make stuff look, but it really ain't stuff we really care about. Now, I just definitely think that, you know, when you think about Colin Kaepernick, there's so many different angles to it. Of course, he's kind of at that stage of his career. He could go left or right, meaning that, yes, he came out stellar. He is a former uh, Super Bowl quarterback, didn't win the Super Bowl, but was so damn close. And he had a lot of upside. Now there's a downward spiral. A lot of it has to do, I believe, about the conditioning. A lot of it has to do, I believe, with that sophomore slump. A lot of it has to do with the changing of the guard, with uh, staff. Most importantly, his um, head coach that actually put him in the, the fray. And, of course, the team altogether. I mean, different pieces change. So that's one part. So that kind of downgraded. A guy that almost was going to be the face of the NFL. I was just funny. I was just looking yeah. at a, a magazine cover. He was right there flat on ESPN, right, on the magazine. Now, you have that in part with the stance that he took, you know, last season with the protests, with um, first sitting down and then the kneeling. What 
has given the NFL this almost because I've heard a lot of different uh, analysts talk about it, you know, sportscasters, radio personalities talk about it, and they all run to the fact because you can't deny it that well, Colin Kaepernick is not really honestly just being blackballed because of the protests. Yeah. It's just he's not as good of a quarterback. And we can argue that. But at the same particular time, we all do know if he was still on the up and up, Colin Kaepernick would have a, a job. Yeah, no, yeah. No no, yeah. no 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 means to argue that. At the same particular time, when you look at what he did, we are honestly right here right now, what is it? Going on June, and free agency has been open for a long time, yeah, right? Yeah. He's already said he's willing to now do the right thing. He's made his point. He's ready to move on. Yeah. And he's going to stand up for the flag. Where honestly, the society that we live in is more frustrated that a guy was trying to shed light to a, a situation that is running rampant in our, our country, racism, police brutality, Compared to looking and having a hard stance on sexual assault that's rampant in sports, as well as men abusing women. Like, <laughs> we live in a society where they will say we are outraged and he will not stand for flag. And remember, you, mind you, Colin Kaepernick has not done anything wrong. Yeah. There's, there's no legal procedures coming down. No drugs, no, no drug, domestic nothing. violence, no DUIs, oh, no nothing. You got that. But in a sense, we still give the second chance and opportunities for those who are sexually assaulting women and those who beat up women. That part is, okay, that part is cool, but this part is not. I'm confused about the whole damn thing. Yeah, because, the like I said, we're talking about how stuff is perceived and how stuff is, is spun. Is that the so throughout the the let's just take the NFL to start with the NFL has these these deals and stuff set up in place linked to the military like where they they have these things set up to kind of help promote the armed forces through through the National Football League so when you do something that's why uh, the whole making players stand for the national anthem is relatively new. The old days, they were still in the locker room where the national anthem was going on. And then when the bomb burst in there and the jets would fly by and the rockets would go off, that's when they would come out of the tunnel and take the field. So for years, they were never even on the field when they did the national anthem. So they kind of hooked some stuff up, some TV deals. That's why, if you notice, that they, they, they really make it a point to accentuate the military before their games. There's a, they're a private company, private business, do what you want. Uh, but the perception is to show that this is something that we are steadfast on and we are linked and sided with our armed forces. However, when it comes to women, like the domestic abuse side of the game, um, they don't have such a relationship. So recently in the last five years, they've tried to adapt and get more female following. That's why you see in all the major sports networks, there's more women involved now, uh, more women at the desk, you know, more women in the game. Uh, because they're trying to appeal to to the female market to get more viewers, but they're not, you know, no pun intended, in bed with women like that. Like they're they're just they're they're just not not yeah. with their money. So to, for a player to get caught up on some domestic violence, uh, kind of like if you if if you can keep it quiet, we'll keep it quiet. Yeah. 
i.e. a Ray Rice, i.e. a Josh Brown, i.e. a Ben Roethlisberger. You know, if you, go, if, you if you can keep it from we don't make us force our hands. Yeah. It's kind of their thing. Yeah. Once it gets too far, we got to do something. Yeah. But if you can clean this up on your own, we're willing to let it slide. So the perception that the league is this these people who really genuinely care about the community and every every aspect of it is it, just not true. Well, it's not true at all because at the end of the day, they don't give a damn. Um, and if it makes a shield look bad, then guess what? Yeah. <laughs> Especially for the shield's interest. Oh, most definitely. And I think that it was an every Sunday irritation, distraction, conversation. Yeah. And it really stirred up the patriotic uh, fans that we have. And those who hold the dear America can't do anything wrong in their heart to the point where the agitation created this atmosphere that no team wants to bother to not say take the risk of a potential good backup quarterback because I feel like he would work perfectly with that backup position. But the fact that, well, let's say he doesn't do the protest with the flag, he yeah. does another protest. Yeah. They don't want particularly a Negro to shake the box, right? They don't want a Negro to create an atmosphere with other players that will engage in social justice. And I and, I, and one thing I really dislike is when the Negro commentator, and there's one particular who um, is on Fox. Who's that? Uh, Fox Sports, I think it's uh, Jason Whitlock. Whitlock. Yeah, with uh, he, Colin Coward. At one particular time, I, I, I felt good about the brother, but I've seen him several times on moments that you could embrace the black man, and he just seems like a total coon and Uncle Tom. And he doesn't, it's like you're missing the point of what Colin Kaepernick did. And maybe it was at the, the time of where he was looking like, oh, I want to get out of San Francisco, so this is what I'm doing. I don't knock what he did to bring a different point of view and bring light to something that me and you have spoken upon, but we could not get an amount of people to pay attention because who are we, right? He sat there and put his job on the line, his career on the line to sit there and say, what's being done, especially to black people, to young people, it ain't cool. So him turning into an activist in a moment, as Jason had always has pointed, like, I don't believe it. Yeah. How many of us have changed in that moment when we see, damn, there's something we have to do. Yes, this guy was all about himself, but clearly he saw that there's something he should do with the platform that he has. And he chose to make a stand. I hate it when individuals try to press as if mm-hmm. his heart is not gold. His heart is not pure because with the activism, Without the lights, without the cameras, he has done exactly what he said he is going to do. And that work by itself speaks volumes to what he's trying to do as far as create a change. And I have to commend that. Okay, well, I think that so somebody like Jason Whitlock, who self-proclaimed his job is to uh, make the issue that involves black people because the show that he's on, he's the only black person. So the the two he does, one directly with Colin Coward, the other one where he kind of chimes in on a, on a four panel. And, you know, he's like, you know, this this is when the issue with uh, Charlemagne the God and, and the 
the girl on the on the on the boot. On Shouts the, out to Charlemagne after he did his donkey of the day. That was one of the most yeah. classic breakdowns ever. I loved it. So the Jason Whitlock's basic thing. He said, you know, this is where we're dealing with black people, and this is my area of expertise. His this is that's his work. No, I know. I heard him so, say that. So like, no. <laughs> so for somebody like him, he feels like it is his job, his right, and his duty when it comes to addressing the moves and, and mannerisms and dealings when it pertains to black people. Now, granted, you're covering sports, so the the top topics when it pertains to professional sports will more likely than not involve a black person. So you know, when your job is coming in and you're feeling like you're the one who should be able to say the blanketed racist statements that your colleagues cannot yeah. for fear of real backlash, sponsorship issues, or just their reputation. Yeah. Uh, he gets to come out there and, and say all that. And so for people like him, I, I recognize who they are and then I just keep it moving. Like I, there's no weight to, or I give no validity to what they're saying. But what I like to look at is, is when we talk about kind of the, 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 the smoke and mirrors, you know, the perception that's put up front versus what really is. What's, what's presented and said, you know, this is what it is. This narrative I'm going to create. Or this is just simply what somebody thinks they know. Yeah. You know, because a lot of times in society, when we see these people on the, on magazines and we see them on the blogs and we see them on, on, on Sunday or, or, or Thursday night, we get under the, the illusion that we actually know them. We feel like, no, 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 I know Kobe. I know how Kobe thinks. I, I know what LeBron's doing. I, you know, I know what, what Odell Beckham's really doing. I know what, what Westbrook's really about. And, and we get caught up in these narratives and these perceptions without really knowing these people. And when stuff starts to come out, we have people who will defend a perception oh, man. and defend a narrative for some people that we just really just don't even know. Uh. You know, you got guys like, like, uh, the one that they're having a field day with right now was Tiger. You know, Tiger Woods, who for the beginning of his career, spent a lot of money and a lot of time creating a very clean image, a very wholesome image. You know, that was that was Tiger's thing. But you had people who remember him in the clubhouse back when he was 13, 14. And like, this dude's a dick. Yeah. Like he was just, you know, all that stuff that you see in the Nike commercial is not the, the guy that we see out here playing golf. And once that perception was shattered, when he got caught up with all the women and, and his wife, ex-wife coming out with the golf club through the back window and all of his demons were exposed, uh, there were people who were genuinely hurt because they felt like the person that they quote unquote knew betrayed them and lied to them. But the reality is they didn't know the man to begin with. Yeah. And as more and more came to light, people got more fuel to want to roast him to prove that point. To kind of make up for the hurt of their perception of him being broken, like they learned that 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 the tooth fairy wasn't real, yeah. that there is no Santa Claus, and they gonna make him pay. Well, I mean, you get into idol worshiping and trying to convince yourself that a commercial or watching this guy or girl do their business yeah. makes you believe that they're all invested in you first of all, and that they're all invested in what perception they have created yes <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. tiger got in case you haven't seen the story yet tiger was just hit with the d uh dui and 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 to his credit because i and and to me i'm not one of those people that's out to roast tiger i don't mm -hmm. know the man personally he ain't never done that to me so looking for something what it is he was pulled over on the side of a road when a police officer came up behind him and he had his blinker on and his foot was on the brake so the cop comes up to the window taps the glass tiger's asleep 
So he keeps tapping it. You know, if, if you've ever slept in your car, somebody tapping on your window, you're going to seem look a little crazy. It's if you just wake up and you see somebody staring at you. So he seemed a little disorientated. Cops asked him a few questions. He seemed a little out of it. Uh, cop says, hey, you know, have you had anything to drink? He's like, no, I haven't. Uh, but he did admit to taking some pain medication because if you know Tiger's training, he was doing like Navy SEAL training to play golf. Like he overexerted himself, messes back up all this stuff. Any of it. So he does a field sobriety test. Uh, I mean, to the extent where he had he had to say the alphabet backwards. He kept messing it up, but ultimately he got through it. Uh, he blew a zero point zero. I think anybody would mess up the alphabet. Back exactly. Back. So I know how you're I'm saying. saying the field sobriety test like, like, is, is, is on, a little man. suspect that itself. Is, are you serious? Going That's what they Z, do? Going to Z to A was, was Dude, one. You, did you try it? Uh, Z Y X W V U T S R Q O N M L K J I H G F E D C B A. A B C D motherfucker. That's but what I'm saying. But, but I'm. Like I mean, but if you, if you, if we had the same conversation when I just woke up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But but the thing is, so he he does the field sobriety test. He he fails it, and he says I I had an adverse reaction to some new pain medication. Made me tired. I pulled over. Fell asleep. The, the blogs and the paper couldn't wait to roast him for Tiger with the DUI. I couldn't lie. I sat there as soon as I saw the picture. I posted it up on my Facebook. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I had a good time with it. Because the DUI doesn't mean it just the eye is intoxicated. The to, the eye is under the influence of a controlled substance. So even if it's sleeping pills, if it's if it's anxiety medication, if it's whatever, uh, if it inhibits your ability to operate a, a vehicle, then that's that's a DUI. This will go away. Because, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is is that that's what it was. He wasn't driving. The cop didn't pull him over, moving reckless, whatever. But the big reason why people were so quick to want to roast him is because of the broken perception of what they believed him to be from before. So that whole idea of Tiger lied to us, you know, uh, he broke my dreams, he broke my heart. So now I have an opportunity to roast him and make him feel a little pain. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. Well, I definitely think, like I said, I I love the fact that idols come crashing down because I just think that we pay too much attention. We spend so much time creating this person that we kind of want to assume to be and we can't reach that level. Yeah. And then picturing them as we would like to see ourselves in that position. Yeah. So... To me, I feel nothing walking perfect is perfect. I like to deal with those who practice in imperfection. <laughs> That's who I like to deal with because it's more real. I don't generally like people that smile too often because I always feel there's something going on with them. Why are you always smiling? It kind of it, it <laughs> freaks me out all the time. There are some just overly happy people just, out there, but I get it. Hey, listen, I get man, it. listen, ain't nothing too happy about anything. But I get it and understand it. Yeah. But. But it's always been a play to me, even with the Lance Armstrong thing. Um, the Tiger Wood things was just like, y'all can't be that perfect. And it's like when we even talk a little bit later about LeBron James. Even in his piece, I, I think that, yeah, there's probably certain things. But with Tiger, it was so over the freaking top, right? To where now it's not like you're praying for this guy to uh, fall on his ass but you don't mind laughing when he does. And I don't – if he has any kind of drug issue, 
um, where his, some addiction kicks in. I mean, definitely, I hope he gets some help. But this is, again, could be prevented. Again, you have so much money to call a limo, to call an Uber, to call a Lyft, to call a friend, to call many of your hoes that you probably got uh, tucked away somewhere to avoid the situation. If you ask me, I don't know. Story kind of spells fishy to me. Maybe some money came through because you never know. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, for this, for a guy to, to they'll do the blood work too. So I mean, if his story doesn't pan out with what I don't said, trust no damn police. No, no, tr- no, 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 blood no, tests. no. What I'm saying is, is that for a guy with chronic pain to get caught under the influence of a pain medication, to me, is not a, just really for me. I'm not talking about but the story or for or for whatever. For me, I don't really care. Like the fact of the matter is, is that he shouldn't be behind the wheel because he, if he got that tired, he had the presence of mind to pull over. You know, it's not like he was driving all over, just swerving all over the place, and he wasn't that far from his house. He had the presence of mind to stop driving. Uh, okay, so to me, I, I I don't hold to him the hose because I've known too many professional athletes whose hoe count is 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 on par. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So to me, he didn't break any ground. I know non-athletes whose hoe count is on par. But it's just white. America, that's I think the white America was more worth than anyone. Yeah. Because they want to see the goodness of a okay. Negro. Okay. But no, in the same frame, oh, no, wait, wait, no, wait, go ahead. But in the same frame, in the same frame, how are you getting upset about a lifestyle that a majority of rich white men live? Okay, but the the difference is black people were more upset that the way he got caught up with his hoes, not that he had them. Like, how do you how do you leave the voicemail message like that? How do you say, hey, this, this is Tiger. Uh, uh, when you get this message, I need, I need you to delete everything. Like, black people had more of an issue with that. Classic. The lack of game when getting caught up. Classic. Then actually, I don't know, I didn't come across any black people who cared that Tiger Woods had hoes. Classic. More, like I said, his ridicule was with his lack of game when the pressure got put on him and he just folded. And it was the simple fact that Tiger Woods spent so much time wanting to be accepted in the supremacist society. He wanted that privilege. And they couldn't wait to roast it. And the fact that those who hated how he changed the game, how he created an atmosphere to where these old fucks who were out of shape now had to get in shape, he changed the golfing game. And because he was about to chase down that prestigious number which one was uh was it Jack Nicholson? Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Nicholas. Uh, Nicholas. Jack Nicholas. With that, he was about to reach that greatness and take it. They don't like their um certain prestigious feats to be defeated, right? They don't like yeah. to hear someone doing something over Mickey Mantle, Babe Ruth, Larry Bird. It's like a they great, hold on a, to A those. great example of that is you if for you to be black to surpass a quote unquote white legend, you have to be squeaky clean. Oh, most definitely. Because when Hank Aaron got the home run people were okay with Hank to the degree, okay with Hank Aaron being above Babe Ruth. But they refused to accept Barry Bonds. Do you know what I mean? Like, like the fact is, is that you better be humble. You better play the role. You better be squeaky clean, though. The people who set the records weren't, you know, alcoholic, womanizing, woman beating. They could be they could be whatever. The, the, the people who set the record in the first place. 
you know, but if you're black trying to come up and touch any of those those records, you better have your your P's and Q's all together. Well, I think in a simple fact they wanted to have the their moral compass beyond Barry Bonds because of all the allegations of the steroids. But yet and still, Mark McGuire was able to walk through in the, the, the mist of the night and not even really be ridiculed as much as Barry Bonds. Yeah, was. that's what I'm saying. If you're black, oh yeah, of course you I have know. to have I, your, I, your, we, your stuff. We here. definitely understand all that, and that's why it, it to me I laugh at it all the time. It's the unfortunate thing that the rules again, Tiger Woods. Oh. You now know that you are officially black with the back black lash getting hit. Because a, a good example of that, just briefly touch on a good example, Mark McGuire. Same stuff as Barry Bonds, no backlash. The only one they liked, King Griffin. Squeaky clean. No issues. Like, there was no backlash to King Griffey hitting as many home runs. He was never caught up in the steroid era. He was squeaky clean. Like, but you have to be perfect. But at the same time, Ken Griffey, I think what always saved him, really, that he'll always have to live with, he never was that good when it came to the, the postseason. He never went well, I mean, further. Well, home run. Hit. Yeah, for, I mean, he's a home I mean, yeah, he was a great player. And later down the line, when he went to the Reds and he left uh, Seattle, he he kind of fell off and he had a lot of injuries. But Ken Griffey Jr., I guarantee you this, had he started coming closer and closer to the dominance that um, I, I think a lot of white audience that, that watch sports they 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 embrace it to a certain extent, but they kind of will always push it out depending on how you are. I was watching this um, E60 uh, show about one of the the hockey black hockey players. Um, he plays for I want to say the Tennessee Panthers or something I'm about to like take that. Your word for it. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's PK something, right? And I never knew that there was even a black hockey player. I know there's a couple, but I don't. I'm not. But this with black hockey player is on the level. If you know, if you watch anything about hockey, Sidney Crosby. You know what I'm saying? Still no. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm just being honest. I, but he I know t- a few things about a few things, but I don't know nothing about no, hockey. You check that out next time. You can come back and run it around. But he is to that level, and to that level, this guy is really a star, star, right? And I'm thinking like, well, I ain't never heard of him. It's because. Hockey has these certain rules. They have this certain kind of uh, 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 prestige. And it's always, well, you can't have this much fun. It's, well, we have do things this way. It's always some kind of hidden rule or agenda in these sports. The ones that we dominate, like dominate, like football and basketball, as you saw with football, they're saying, hey, you know what? We're going to allow you guys, you little Negroes, to do the little yeah, football celebration. The no-fun league with certain ratings. Exactly. Yeah. So they're going to budge because it's dominated by black. But most of the sports that aren't, they're trying to keep it the same way it was established. Yes. And when you have guys like a, a Tiger Wood that comes in and changes the whole format, and then he takes away every accolade that any of the other players would have got, and it's just almost like the whole talk of the the tournament is Tiger, Tiger, Tiger. Yeah, for almost or lose. For, for ten years, for ten plus years, that when it came to the, to whatever the tournament was, it's about was Tiger it, Woods. It was the odd, the 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 Vegas odds were Tiger or not Tiger. Yeah, exactly. No one cared about Tiger any other Tiger versus the field. Right? It was yeah, it was just Tiger or not Tiger. So watching him have this decline and watching this kind of collapse in his career 
is almost kind of like a ha ha moment. But to us as a black man, I'm saying, well, this is what you get when you try to go into their club and not stay in our club. Okay, and I, which I could, I could see that. But what I do see that in the sense of, first off, if you're somebody who plays anything and you want to go to the upper echelon, quote unquote, for what what is the world like? The NBA is the the quintessential competitive league of professional basketball. You can leave the United States and go play for any other country, uh, and you may be treated better in the country. But they'll all say that the stiffest competition is the United States NBA. You know, so if you want to play at the top level, you're going to do it here. Uh, with the exception of soccer, uh, you're going to play yeah. for the United States. Yeah. It's going to be an, an American-based uh, company. So for these guys that want to that want to excel here, I get it. You know, uh, Serena, what she did and, and, and what she's doing in tennis, because she ain't done. Yeah. She's going to drop this baby, give her a year. She'll be right back there, you know, back there winning. And the the backlash and stuff that she's gotten. And another squeaky clean one. Ain't nobody heard about Serena getting a parking ticket. <laughs> but it's the way that it is set up. You have to be. Like, you, you have to be perfect. You know, whereas uh, our counterparts in, it can be as grimy as they want to be. And then they're just taken at, at face value for their particular job. You know, uh, like to me, I would never take the, the argument made that, you know, um, more backlash came to Cam Newton for dabbing and showboating and not doing an interview than Ben Roethlisberger coming off back to back rape charges. Back to back rape charges. I mean, like a Drake song. He back to back. He's raping, raping back to back. back. Like, I mean, hey, like back to back. How are you going to tell me that a dude who, who pulls the Superman move and dabs after he scores a touchdown is in some way more the villain yeah. than a dude who's accused of, of having a woman locked in a bathroom with his security guard blocking the door so no one can come in while he sexually assaults a woman in a bar? And then turn around and now you want to flip the script and say, you know what? We were we made a mistake about that 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 routine. We want it back. Yeah, I mean, like it, it, that to me is just ridiculous. We want to penalize it heavy, but then turn around. Guess what? We want it back. Here's something interesting. What are they gonna do with all the fine money? I don't know what because because for the last couple of years, they've all, all they, they've they've money. racked up a lot of fine money on these dudes. And you know what? I think that it's almost like when you go back to the Colin Kaepernick thing. It's like okay, we know that we were losing an audience because in in return, yes. The NFL is going nowhere, but they were losing a little bit of an audience, right? They were yeah, because uh, yeah. the, the Colin Kaepernick thing wasn't a good PR move for them, right? No. So now here we are going to penalize something that actually the fans embrace. People yeah. actually like that to be creative for that moment and then have it be stale. With and we're going to penalize it. The NFL, the people are looking like, wait a minute, hold on. First of all, you're going to the 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 illegal land. That has never been touched with pro sports in Vegas with the Raiders. Then you're sitting here not penalizing after the big Ray Rice fiasco with all these other players, right? Yeah. You are now just getting tougher on the marijuana uh, uh, penalties and whatever other drugs. You're now getting tougher about that. You also have constant 
backlash on the facts with the concussions, right? So yeah. you have all these things that going into play, and then of course you had Mary Mary Tom's wife coming out talking about, oh yeah, my husband plays with concussions all the time. Well, boom, okay. here comes. Let's bring back what the celebrations. Well, well here's the thing: the plotted plan. Well, the celebrations are for us. So, the, because you have to remember, if you go throughout the league, the over the excessive celebration penalties, very few white players ever got hit with that. Yeah. So, so letting the celebrations go are for us. Yeah, remember, Tom Brady is for them. Like the reason why they were worried about any type of backlash, worry about Tom Brady is is, is what made everything all right again for when it came to to white viewership. We're not worried about that angry Negro in the Bay Area. We've got our golden boy in New England. Yeah. You know, so Tom Brady made it all right for them. R letting up on the c the celebration was to pacify us. Mm -hmm. That was to get us back and oh no, we can dance again. <laughs> uh, we could do backflips yeah. again. We we could showboat again. And let's take the heat off. Here's something else: the 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 perception that the league cares about marijuana. This is the issue with that. The reason why marijuana is hit is because marijuana use is of the younger players. <laughs> no, no. HGH is the older ones. Yeah. So the fact is, is that the older players, when it goes to the Players Association, are willing to concede to letting this the strict uh, hits come on weed because they're not smoking it. They Because they need HGH to be left alone. Because after you turn 32, 33, your, got, your body gets broken down and you've got these 24-year-olds coming out in order to, to rebuild muscle tissue, to, to stay in the game, to keep your strength. These guys are all taking HGH. These 34-year-olds ain't smoking weed. Yeah. So as, as time goes by, you'll eventually start to see a shift you know, where, where, where weed may come into more of a, of a play later down the line because I think what's going to happen is you're just going to start seeing players with shorter careers. Mm -hmm. So then you're going to start seeing players who are going to be – they'll be smoking the, – the, the people who smoke weed will be the only guys playing. Yeah. You're not going to see a lot of these guys who are 37, 38 still in the league. It's just going to be a young man's game across the board. Yeah. And then that's when they'll address weed. But it's not like the league cares about weed. They just – you can't get both. Yeah. And so they're giving props to the veteran players on that HGH. Then they care about the rookies coming in who want to get high. Yeah. But once again, that's just the perception on, perception how, is on, reality, on, on how stuff looks and, and stuff gets presented and there's certain narratives for things that we get caught up on. All you the know, time. You know, he was talking about, he briefly touched on, on LeBron and how he's going to play in the NBA Finals. Seven years in a row, man. That's not perception. That is a reality, man. The, the perception is, is where people feel like they know him. Every time this dude comes out, every season he plays, every postseason, every finals, everybody talks about what's in his heart. Everybody talks about what his mentality is. Everybody talks about, you know what I mean? Like you hear all these people who talk like they know him. And the big, the big story this year is, is Kevin Durant because he left OKC to go to Golden State, a yeah. team that was already stacked and won 73 wins. So everybody's saying the pressure is on him. Yeah. If he doesn't win a finals, he's going to be Mr. Unreliable yeah. again on, on a stacked team. And everyone talks to saying like they know his heart. Yeah. Well, he only came for this. and He came for doing this. Once again, I've never met them either one of them. I, I don't know LeBron. I don't know Kevin. We've never had a sit down, never, never talked to each other. But there are people out there who keep putting words in both of their mouths. Who sit there and keep saying that they know both of their hearts, know both of their intentions, know you know what I mean? Like Or like, even at the simple fact that they may say what they feel, 
and people still say, nah, nah, that's that not what you it. That, that ain't, ain't it. it. That, that ain't it. it. That ain't it. It's, I, I'm excited, and I don't usually get excited about sports, because I've just kind of, I, I, sports don't really touch me like it used to, but this particular situation, I love it, and I used to do my little sports uh, uh, commentating, and I did my little sports show back in the day on my onemusicnetwork.com, we had a little sports show. And, you know, I was the guru, still am the guru, still can help you win a lot of money by betting, but I don't do that no more. I'm retired. All right. I just like the fact that when you have something like this going on, and I think that we're blessed to be able to be in an era to where there's almost kind of like this bird versus magic versus the Lakers versus the Celtics. I think that every great sport needs rivalry, and I think... The fact that you have these guys going at it again for the rubber match, both got titles, right? 2015 yeah. Warriors took it, and 2016 uh, the Cavs took it with a great comeback, and everybody has something to say. I think that when you dispute the fact of what it is truly going into LeBron James, what he is is he's a guy that literally, if you think about it, from the age a 14 was called the chosen one, came into the league as one of the last Mohicans of the high school boys, right? Came in and set this league on fire. He has been doing the same kind of thing, only getting better for 14 years. Him going to the NBA Finals for the seventh year in a row. I don't care if he has four losses in the Finals. He has three titles. And in those three titles, he's got a title with Miami. And then he came and got a title with a city that hasn't seen a title in 53 years in any sport except for college, right? Uh, Ohio State. Ohio State. And that's not the pros. That's college. He comes and gets a title after being down 3-1. The only team in NBA history to ever do that. The accomplishments when we start talking about LeBron James – it is phenomenal, and I don't think he gets enough credit. And I'm happy that we're saying something about it because I want to people to hear LeBron James deserves all the credit he gets, and if not more, because once he leaves, we will be begging to have him back, just like we were all looking to find a replacement for Michael Jordan. I think there's a difference. Of who? I think there's a difference in, in, in the void that is – that will will be both those players between Michael Jordan and LeBron James. Yes. Oh, break down. Because I want to hear this. When when Michael Jordan left, let's the first time, because I'm not gonna count the, the, the I'm not talking about the Wizards movie. When when he left, you know, I, why don't you want to talk about the Wizards? Well, because I tell you why. I'm saying, but that's different. Tell me, I'm just. Joking. I'm talking about his prime era after the first three championships when he retired. What the league was was competitive. So when he stepped away, the Bulls were still competitive. They didn't just fall off. I mean, Scottie Pippen took the Bulls. They were right back there playing to the, the, the Eastern Conference Finals, I believe. Uh, they were still a competitive squad. So, But what you got was in that emergence was a bunch of uh, across the league was competition. So his void was still competitive NBA basketball. You could still watch Hakeem Olajuwon. You still watch Clyde Drexler. You watch the onset uh, of what was going on in Orlando. You could watch... You know what I mean? What, that in Orlando came a little bit later, but go ahead. Well, I'm talking about in in that in his 
era. Like at the time he was gone, there were other teams who were starting to emerge, you know, and so it was still a competitive league. It, it wasn't a one set dominated, you know, all roads lead through Jordan through the middle of the 90s when he was gone. I, 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 I disagree because I think that one, when we talk about Jordan, we always try to find this idea where he was dealing with some of the stiffest competition compared to what LeBron is dealing with in the East and how does LeBron get through the East as fast or as quick or as easy. One, we have to remain and understand when LeBron came back from Miami, he said it himself, this is not going to be an easy fix. And I think that was a setup for him understanding that, you know what, just in case I fall short, here is my excuse already. I kind of, I'll give it that to him. But they, in his first year coming back from Miami with the team that they had, they went to the finals. They would have won the finals, I believe. Listen, they would have won the finals, I believe, if first, Kevin Love didn't get injured. And secondly, uh, Irving, uh, uh, Kyrie did not get injured within the first half, with the first part of the game. And overtime, when they went in, that they didn't have them. So that okay. it was in, no, 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 it was in yeah, overtime. But, saying, but that's not what I'm saying. Oh, but let me finish. Go ahead. Let me, let me break it down. You know, you had your time. Let me go. So here it is where you have this guy that comes back his first year. In a place where he's changing a team from Miami to a guy that we've seen, Dwayne Wade proven, Chris Bosh proven, to a team not proven. Kyrie was not proven. Kyrie never made it to the playoffs. Who is this head coach? So he brought this team to an East that still had a competitive Pacers, that 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 still had a competitive Toronto, that still had a very competitive Washington, compared to the teams like the New York Knicks. When Michael left, the New York Knicks never won a title. Did they ever win a title? No. When when Michael left, the Miami Heat never won a title. I mean, are we still talking about the New Jersey Nets? I mean, the Detroit Pistons were were a wash. Orlando Magic, they had a three to four year run and they were done. As soon as Michael Jordan came back that second time around, he dismantled them and swept them out. So this big idea and the Atlanta Hawks are just exactly the same Atlanta Hawks that you see this this these seasons. It's a pretty good team, but not able to get over the hump. What I don't understand is, and the 76ers was bad, just like they're bad right now. What I don't understand is why people don't give LeBron James the credit for just being a dominant player, like Michael Jordan was a dominant player. And his it wasn't the simple fact that, yes, through the years, Michael Jordan had a stretch of great players that came along, but same did as LeBron James did. I mean, what was the really difference? He had the moments where he had to get past the Boston Celtics, just like Michael Jordan had to get past the Detroit Pistons. I mean, are we are we not equating that to being like that was his Achilles heel too? People make it seem like LeBron James is just playing nobodies. The, the Pacers were at one particular time supposed to be the team that was supposed to take out the Miami Heat. They didn't get the job done. Now LeBron James has just seemingly owned every other team, just like Michael Jordan continued to own teams in the East and then go over and beat whoever the West brought out. Okay, good point. Not my point. But <laughs> well, I mean, but, but, but I, it's not I, supposed I to be your point because it's my point. Well, no, but you I mean, but I mean? that wasn't what what I was addressing. I I agree with you. All I'm looking at is I said when if you took if if LeBron retired after today, yeah. 
Like if if he said I'm hanging him up after after I win, uh, there's no really no. I would look at what the climate of the league is going to be. It's going to be a few years before there's. I I would think that there's going to be real stiff competition across the board. Like I just don't think that right now there's a really there's a, a big wave of okay, competition. Okay, okay, so let me ask you this. So you're saying when Michael left, he left competition? I think it was a little bit better. Who? I mean, I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, I mean, who? When Michael left, who? Are we because the New Jersey Nets um, went to the to the to the championship twice? Okay, and who knows how that happened? Jason Kidd had Kenyon Martin, Kerry Kittles. Not, they went to, they went yeah, to, not a bad team, but but that team was horrible. Well, I, if you're talking about by default, I can't. But by default, I can't say you're horrible if you make it to the championship. Well, I mean, but, the, by, competition, by the, but, but the competition wasn't as intense. No, I mean, what? What do we? What? Do you, I just, I'm just trying to figure out. If who, I looked at back then that who? Houston Rockets team, well, no, 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 we're not talking about the. Let's talk about. Well, I'm talking about the league. Okay, in the league. Basically, if you're talking about the league, LeBron James is not leaving the league dead when you have guys that have been put ahead of him all the time. We're not even talking about MVP. MVP, you know what we're talking about? We're talking about Kawhi Leonard, and we're talking about Harden, and we're talking about Westbrook. So those are three guys that we are talking over Mike. Um, oh, wait, here's, a, here's a better question. So you feel that this era right now is a more competitive league than when Jordan left? I think that this era... Because that's what it sounds like. By that, I think by that, that you defense, know what? I, think I, I, I honestly can sit there and say that this era probably could be a little bit more competitive because I think at the same time with Michael Jordan, there was just such this awe and this aura with Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan, as we talked offline, Michael Jordan didn't have to go through what LeBron James and all these other players are going through. They're going through the world of social media. In particular, with Michael Jordan, he's gotten a free pass because there was nothing really bad said about him. If it was bad said about him, that shit was getting thrown well, into the, 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 the client into the a cellar somewhere. So, in a sense of, you have to see with the ridicule and the conversations from all these other different uh, places, not only from the peanut gallery, but from 24-hour media that's constantly talking about these players, I think it intensifies. Now, people will probably say, Barry, what are you talking about? Because look at what happened to the playoffs. Sometimes teams are just better, dog. That's just all I'm saying. Sometimes teams are just no, I, better. I, I get that. And and this, is, to me, is in no way an indictment on LeBron James. I'm just simply looking at the era, in my opinion, this era right now is not more competitive. That's just my take. When you look at the, what the postseason is, that you can have both sides literally just walk through the postseason. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That to me is why I say that that, that the degree of competition. But you gotta is, remember, you know. But, but here's the thing, and this is for all those people that said the West is so better, the West is so better. I believe that the Warriors had an easier task than LeBron and them, just because. Same point. Yeah, yeah that's just because, same point. Well, I mean, just because in the sense of the West, everybody got hurt. But had things gone according to plan, had Blake Griffin not got injured. And you had a a fully manned Clipper squad. The Clippers would have got beat, but they would have at least got one or two games well, against the Warriors. This, this is the thing: the, the competitive does not mean better. So the, the the fact is, if you say that a league is co- more competitive, if you have a team, if if every series on one conference goes the distance, 
It goes seven, seven, seven or every versus one is everyone gets swept. It doesn't mean that the teams that, that go the distance are better I than think, the teams that swept. But There's just more competition amongst the teams. I feel that it was competitive. It's just the way the ball bounced on the side of the Warriors. Because when you looked at it, Utah beated the Clippers, and that probably wasn't supposed to happen. When you look at it, Milwaukee took the Raptors kind of a little bit further than the Raptors probably thought. And then when you look at it, the Washington and the Celtics went exactly what it was supposed to do, seven-game series, right? And and you look at it as well, you have Indiana pushing LeBron and the Cavs to the break, even though it was a four-game sweep. Every game was very competitive. Mm. So I believe that when you look at these games, the competition, of course, it's going to change up if you have these major injuries. I, and I feel there was major injuries that happened that didn't make this kind of series, this playoffs, that everybody wants to complain about as competitive as it was supposed to be. Maybe, maybe. I mean, yes, the, the injuries are a factor. I no, simply, no, 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 totally no. I'm not disregarding the factor. I'm simply saying, in my opinion, I don't believe this league right now, this season, is as competitive as the year that Jordan retired. That's all. So, like I said, this is not an argument to say that these guys are better than these guys or those guys were better. So, my, so my, there was more parity in the league. I said the impact of when the players. There was more parity in the league? Back then, you had more even keel teams. But who always went from the East? Michael Jordan, right? I'm saying, <laughs> no, that's so the argument. How is it parity? No, no, that's the argument. I said, when you remo- I said when they're gone, when you remove them, the rest of the league. When Michael Jordan left, dog, we was begging and praying for somebody to lift us. Now, even though we had Shaq and Kobe, it still was like, oh, man, damn. I don't think the league – I'm going to tell you right now. Until the emergence of Allen Iverson, that's when the league got excited. For at least when I was watching it. And, and Allen Iverson only got to the, to the championship finals one time. You had – the Lakers, and you had the Spurs. That was dominating. And then you had whoever was going to come out to the East to be the sacrificial lamb. So I don't see where we have now almost like a Lakers and a Celtic kind of thing where people adore that we have it just over here. I think the difference is is when you put the two, say when you had the Lakers who had dominance, there was a closer second, third, and fourth. I think is where people will talk about the who difference was the closest of second, third? Back then? Who? I'm asking the question. Are you talking about then? Yeah, talking I said about back now? then. Back then, who? So when you talk about the when it came to the playoffs, when you had Portland, when the Portland and the Lakers in the, in the playoffs was battles. You had Sacramento and the Lakers in the playoffs. Were that was later on. Well, and I mean, I said, how many times did Sacramento even go to the finals against the Lakers? One time. Playoffs every year. One well, time the, did they go to the, the finals, Western though. Conference Finals? Exactly one yeah. time though, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's really to be honest with you, you can't. Sacramento was just an afterthought. It's just one time. Now, when you when you tell me when they keep on going. To the East, like you know, the Western Conference Finals, and they meet each other like the Spurs and the Lakers. I'll give that. They, the, the the Kings had that one good run, and bam. Okay, well, Portland and San Antonio. I'll give I'll give I'll give um to the Trailblazers because they they broke out twice when they beat the Lakers. It was kind of more of a downward spiral, and they you know went back and took got beat by Detroit and Chicago. But at the same time, and even you, after that, they were still competing. Yeah. 
competing, yeah. but getting when to Scotty the, came over to the to the Trailblazers, then they were still they were still a competitive team. It's a very competitive team, but yeah. at the same time, they only went to the finals once. The finals what one time, right? I mean, they probably went into the like the third, second round. Finals twice, Western Conference once, then the. But they didn't once. go. But they didn't go. We're talking about the the tra- uh, the Trailblazers, Clyde, and then we're talking about the Trailblazers, Pippen. They never San went to the Antonio. finals. They went to the, the Western Conference twice, San Antonio and Lakers. Yeah. And they got beat. So it was the dominated by the Lakers and the the Spurs. Two teams. So you can say that it's dominated now by what? The Spurs and the Warriors, right? Two teams. And the one particular team that dominated over there is Chicago. So that's Cavs, right? So Cavs are Chicago. They just dominated. Detroit and Boston back then. Detroit and Boston. You're talking a little bit. You're talking a little well, bit down the line. If now, we're picking, okay. Older. Well, we're covering for what we're talking about is a 10 year span. So that's why all that stuff fell in there. So like I said, I guess it goes back to my. So my, to guess you answered my question. You feel that this is a more competitive era than it was back then. Because I, I look at it like because of all of the hype surrounded about why and who's the legacy. No, no, no. You. Me? I'm saying you feel like this is a more competitive era now than it was back then. I feel so. Okay. I feel so. I feel I, I definitely think that we have a little bit more competition. I mean, I think that this playoff has kind of thrown everybody off and they haven't remembered about the previous playoffs before. But due to injuries, I think that it played a big key. I mean, you got to remember, even Isaiah Thomas got injured, right? And um, well, well, Kyle Lowry, Kyle, go, Kyle just, Lowry just got it. injured as well. If, Injuries didn't play a factor. It was the same Final Four. It was going to be the same Final Four, but I think that there would probably be a little bit more fight in the Toronto series. It will be a little bit more fight in the Boston series if Isaiah didn't go. I think so. Okay. I believe it. I mean, you don't have to believe it. I, I, you know? I mean. I, I get it. That's all. Well, I mean, we just look at – we see things the way we yeah, see them. Whatever. <laughs> like I say, I'm, saying, I'm we, going LeBron James – and we could talk about this later. I'm, after, after I'm not even. A, I'm one. not even an anti-LeBron guy. Be, I, uh, you be all the way with LeBron. Let's get it. I'm, Let's get that title. I love KD, but hey, <laughs> at the end of the day, we just need. I'm all out. Of, I'm a Laker fan. I don't care which one of them wins. Okay, well, about the ball out there. <laughs> I don't care which one of them wins. You know, these are just different things that we talk about. Stuff the way that we see things, the way that we perceive them, the information that's put in front of us. We all process stuff our own way. And we can all find stuff that we gravitate to. But at the end, we have to remember that it's that's just it, that we're processing the information the way we do it. It doesn't make you any more right or wrong. And it doesn't make the story that's being presented to you any more correct or incorrect. You have to go beyond just the way something's presented and beyond just your own feelings when you're processing stuff. And especially when you're dealing with other people. And these are just things that we come across out here in this world and in this traffic that we feel like we need to say something about. Say something, say something. I'm Jermaine Morris here with Mr. Barry Axius. B-E-R-R-Y-A-C-C-I-U-S is a Facebook and that's the Twitter at Team Void, T-E-A-M-V-O-Y, and check out the blackblueprints.com with a Z, get the apparel. I'm Jermaine Morris on Facebook, at J Morris CEO on every other social media platform, and uh, this is Say Something Podcast, and until next show, go Cavs. <laughs> well, I'll add you later.